0: Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. I wanted to open this episode by reading a love letter that I wrote last week. So here is my tiny love letter to Ordinary Things. Last week, one of my oldest friends reached out in a moment of crisis. And after silently listening to them share for 30 minutes, I asked if they were open to receiving help. When they said yes, I explained that what I was about to share wasn't going to be an aha moment or exciting or dramatic, that sometimes help and healing are subtle and therein lies their alchemical power. They transform us when we least expect it. I woke up today to a text message about what has transpired since my friend accepted and implemented my very simple and humble suggestions. They said, this is crazy. I'm in disbelief, yet I'm a believer. And I think that that happens more often than we want to admit. Deep down, we want solutions and healing to be grandiose, special, and complex, all as proof of their importance and validity. The answers and signs must be cryptic and challenging to decipher, because then and only then, Are they worthy of our dense confusion? Transformation and elevation must be a struggle worthy of our resistance. But what if it's a lot simpler than all of that? What if healing happens in the ordinary things, maybe in the relationships that we overlook because of familiarity, those dynamics where we no longer think that there's a dimension or gift within this person that we haven't seen or experienced, So we relegate them to a category of people we know and yet refuse to listen to or trust. Instead of honoring the fact that, like us, they're on a journey and they have continued to grow and evolve and gain wisdom and experience. Maybe it's the practices that are too rooted in humility for us to believe that they could ever work for us. Things like connection, communication, and being of service chopping the wood and carrying the water and trusting that being in action very often creates a reaction and we never see it coming. Years ago, I remember listening to a sermon by Nadia Boltz Weber where she talked about Naaman finally listening to the advice of both the prophet and his servants when they all suggested he could cure his leprosy by bathing in the river Jordan. At first, he refused because it seemed too simple, too ordinary too humble why this off-brand river why simply bathing why not something mystical and fantastic worthy of his pain and need for healing when do we do that when is the answer right in front of us and we think to ourselves yeah that sounds like it might work for other people but i think i need something else something bigger something tougher And we completely miss the experience of both humility and healing because we are too busy looking for a better answer despite not knowing the answer to begin with. Maybe our story of transformation is less complicated. Maybe we are much less complicated. And maybe that's been the issue all along. I've had sponsees come to me with their life in flames and begging me for guidance. And yet the most common response to my simple solutions is usually, yeah, I'm sure that works for other people, but I think I need something different. And I was that person too. Whenever I brought a challenging life issue to Dan, he would tell me to go clean my car, wash the dishes, scrub my windows till they shined, call up a newcomer, and just listen to them ramble for 20 minutes. All very simple things. And instead of listening, I was like, yeah, I don't see how that could help me here. Do you have anything else? Anything a bit more suited to my particular problems? In the Yoga Sutras, they talk about the journey of a piece of wood. It begins as a tree. Then it's chopped down into lumber. Then it's carved and built into furniture. Then it's broken into pieces and used as kindling. Then it departs into the air as ash and flames. Maybe that's us too. Maybe our purpose is to burn and serve and just not get too complicated about the whole thing. Is there something in your life that could be so easy that you complicate with your desire for specialness? Is there a life-changing action based in humility that you are unwilling to try? Is there a simple answer that might just be perfect for you? In Nadia's sermon, she said the following, all that is needed is to walk the road with one other person. Allow yourself to give and receive hospitality, break bread and bless stuff. This is about story and water and bread and wine, things that are offensively common, showing up in life, sharing stories, being the stranger, welcoming the stranger, breaking bread and swimming in rivers. Everything that I shared in that love letter is what I wanted to talk about in this episode today. I really wanted to talk about the healing power of ordinary things. All the things that we overlook, the mundane, everyday things that are the foundation beneath our feet, the rhythm of our daily life, all the things that we think are not special enough to leave a mark on us or change us. All the things that we think are not worthy to offer other people or maybe are very uncomfortable to receive from other people and maybe shed some light on how these ordinary things can be so healing, can be so transformative. And maybe by shifting our perspective and maybe shifting some of our actions, we can bring a bit more of that healing into our relationships. This topic has been coming up for me a lot in my own life, and I'm seeing it happen in the lives of the people around me. So I figured it was a good topic. And I wanted to start by exploring what does it actually look like? Because it can sound like a very vague description that I'm giving. But think about this, the paralyzing idea of perfectionism with regard to connection. And has that ever come up in your relationships? That can look like, not thinking you know the exact thing to say so you say nothing or thinking if i can't fix everything then i'll do nothing if i can't solve all your problems then i will pretend that i don't see them at all or if i can't play the hero then i won't even bother playing the part of your neighbor or friend and i bring up those examples because in our human experience we have done all of them. We are still doing all of them. We will continue to do all of them because it is part of being human. That voice in our heads that says, if it can't be perfect, if it can't be over the top, if I can't be the best, then I should do nothing at all. And how that shows up in our relationships when people probably need us the most and we are unwilling to offer our flaws or our insecurity or our not knowing the perfect or the right thing to do or say. Meanwhile, those things might be exactly what this other person needs. I know this has shown up in my own life and relationships with what I am willing to share about myself. My mind still to this day, given all of my experience, will tell me that you only want the perfect side of me. You only want the best. You only want the version of me at the mountaintop. But the reality is, what I know to be true in my life, is that that perfection has never inspired anyone, it has never connected anyone to me, and it has never increased the trust or the communication between me and another person. And in fact, it's actually been a wall, but I think it's a really good-looking wall, right? It's the wall I'm willing to share. But what are the things that have increased that connection with other people? Sharing my truth, standing in my humility, honoring my mistakes, and sharing those with people and not trying to just show the best parts, but showing all the parts and being okay with that. A common conversation that I have with the new mothers in my life is about their experience when people are trying to connect with them after they've given birth and how isolating it ends up being because no one wants to offer The ordinary. No one wants to say, I'm going to come over and wash your dishes. I'm going to come over and fold the laundry. I'm going to come over and watch the kids for a few minutes so you can just breathe and feel like yourself or maybe take a shower. No one wants to do that, right? Everyone wants to come over and bring a gift or play with the baby or hold the baby or take photos. And all that makes sense to me. I completely understand that. There's so much joy in new life and we want to just embrace it but we're also adults, and we know that inviting a new life into our life has probably stirred up more chaos than anything else. And how could we best be of service to our friend that has just had a baby? Again, it's not making it about us. It's saying, I want to show up and be of service to you and help you and do those ordinary, normal, everyday mundane things that would actually be air in your lungs right now. Another area of our life where this opportunity for healing in the ordinary comes up is when someone is sick or at the end of their life. It is so easy to just say, well, I can't make it all better and I don't have any magical powers and I'm not a doctor, so why bother? Or tell ourselves that it makes us uncomfortable or I don't know the right thing to say or I don't know the right thing to do, so we just don't do anything that paralyzing perfectionism. And I saw this firsthand when I was running the cancer center in Los Angeles. And that's why I ran so many groups, so many support groups for people who were experiencing this. And they felt like they had no one to talk to, no one to just make them a meal, no one to just sit with them, maybe bring them to the hospital, maybe go food shopping for them, maybe spend an hour cleaning their house, ordinary things, that keep our heads above water in moments of crisis. And I'm not talking about this to shame anyone. I am talking about this to shift the perspective, shift what we think is possible within us in those moments, shift our concept of help and healing. And you know, the very last thing that I did on one of my final days as the director of that Cancer Support Center, was I opened the door to a woman who walked in off the street after being told that she would have to undergo chemotherapy and radiation due to her cancer diagnosis. And we were already closed for the day, but I saw her walk up. And instead of turning my back, I welcomed the stranger, which is really hard to do because almost everything in this world tells us not to do that, not to show up, not to give that extra effort. But I'm really glad I did. Because when she came in, she immediately started crying and she was asking questions about what to expect, what was about to happen to her. And I talked her through every single step. I connected her with every resource I could think of and I answered every single question. She must have felt comfortable on some level because she actually opened up and shared with me that the thing that she couldn't stop thinking about was losing her hair. And that it was overwhelming for her. And she realized that it seemed silly compared to everything else she was about to go through. And she felt like she shouldn't even say it out loud. But I'm glad she did. And without thinking about it, I said, well, we have a wig room in the back. You want to come with me and we can try on wigs together? And she just kind of like burst out into like tears laughing. Like, yes, I want to do that. I can't believe I want to do that. But I want to do that. And I invited her to do that because I thought that it was really important she did that for the very first time with another woman, that she didn't do it alone. She didn't do it when she was scared. She did it when she had someone standing next to her, even if that person was a stranger. And that's probably one of the most bittersweet moments of my entire career. And it closed a really important chapter of my life. And I closed it with a stranger, someone who walked in off the street, Wiping her tears, fitting her with different wigs, and holding up a mirror so that she could see her reflection. The ordinary things. I didn't end my career there with a big party or a celebration. I ended it with a stranger. Sometimes I think all the messages and messengers come to us in the form that we least expect. It's always the people or the things that would be easy to dismiss, and it's those things that change us. It's the healing in the everyday, observing the quotidian and finding our medicine, chopping the wood and carrying the water. I think about that story a lot because I think about what little value I felt in that moment that I had to offer. And I'm not sharing the story because I feel like a hero. I probably did nothing for that woman except give her hope for that afternoon. And I didn't have any answers and I didn't have any solutions and I couldn't fix her. I couldn't cure her and I couldn't even tell her that she was going to be okay because it did not sound like she was going to be okay. But leaning into that instead of running away from it ended up being a power greater than both of us and it filled the room and it created connection and that is healing. Another aspect of the healing power of ordinary things that I wanted to talk about is something that's really surprising and that is just how intimate and vulnerable it can be. And that probably shocks you a little, like how is the normal everyday thing going to be what fosters intimacy and vulnerability? But it does and it always takes us by surprise. You know, if you do some big grandiose over-the-top thing, I'm too busy ooing and aahing to really be in my body and receive it, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. But when someone puts themselves out there in a way to just be with you during those moments when things are not okay, that is incredible and it's life-changing. And it teaches you to be able to show up and do that for other people. And I've had that experience in my own life. I've had friends just reach out to me in moments of crisis and say, if I knew the right words to say, I would say them. I don't have those words, but I want to be there for you. Can I do something like pray with you? Can we just be together? And can we talk about this in a way where we're inviting something in? We're not trying to figure it out. We're not trying to solve anything. We're just inviting energy in that's bigger than us. And I know that for a lot of people, they have some walls up around prayer because it feels religious or it feels oppressive. And I honor that experience. But when prayer is simply a connection between two people, And you're inviting a higher power in to just kind of witness and move through you, that's about as human as it gets. And it's really beautiful and it's really healing. And it kind of connects you almost like roots going through your feet and like connecting you to the earth in a way that's very surprising. And because people have been so willing to do that for me and to do that with me, it's shown me that I can do that with other people. I had a neighbor who was living next door to me in Wyoming who. Was going through a lot of financial issues and finally had to move and didn't want to move and was really scared and on her last day there her husband and her knocked on my door and thanked me for allowing them to use my wi-fi (laughs) for free because it had really helped them in their last months there and i said of course um and i said before you leave would it be okay if i prayed with you and much to my surprise (laughs) Uh, she broke down in tears and hugged me, like full on holding on to me, hugging me, because she had been muscling through the moment for so long, just trying to get through what she was going through, that she had been missing that human connection of someone willing to just drop into vulnerability and check in with that part of her, not the part that just had to make all the decisions, but the part that was feeling things and didn't have words for those feelings. And it was so beautiful. And I didn't say anything magical. I mean, it was probably the equivalent of, you know, this food is great. Yay, God. Like it was something ridiculous, I'm sure. But being willing to open up and introduce that level of care and vulnerability, that is the ordinary thing. And it's something that we're almost programmed not to do, right? Because it's either corny or it's ridiculous or it's not good enough. and. We talk ourselves out of it, and aren't we bombarded on social media by everyone who knows the exact right, perfect thing to do and say? And if we don't do that, then we should just do nothing. And I don't believe that. I feel like it's really okay to drop into that ordinary, everyday thing and offer that to someone else. And it's more than enough. And I think as we begin to implement this practice and touching that space within ourselves and offering that to other people, that ordinary healing, that humility, that willingness, that becomes a muscle that we build. And it doesn't just show up when we're interacting with the outside world. It begins to do something on the inside of us as well, where all those ordinary mundane things about us that we think are just so unattractive and so unworthy. They begin to take on a different shine because they make up who we are. And that is so important. And when we can see that within ourselves, how every single part of us, the good, the bad, the worthy, the unworthy, when all of that makes up who we are, we begin to see other people that way as well. Our perspective changes. No longer are we looking at other people and taking inventories and tallying up all the good parts of them, the things that we like. We're looking at all of them, the whole package, and saying, oh, I get it. I get that all of these parts come together and make you whole, and all of this is necessary and wonderful. So if you take anything from this episode, it's not that I've done such a good job at this because I promise you I've messed this up more often than I've done it well is that these things are accessible to all of us. We can tap into these things at any given moment and we can pivot and course correct. And when we find ourselves being an ego, being grandiose, telling ourselves that if we can't be perfect or we can't be the best, then we shouldn't do anything at all. We can pause and we can begin to see that more often and take that pause and redirect and say, what can I give? What do I have? What can I share? Maybe my prescience isn't necessary, but maybe my humility is. Maybe if I'm just offering up what I have, where I am, who I am, maybe that's enough. Maybe exactly who I am in this moment is what is needed right now. And I don't have to be anything other than who I am. I don't have to be anywhere else other than where I am and do what I can in the now. That's a practice for a lifetime. And I think that that changes every relationship we have. And I get to practice this myself this week because I don't think that this episode was perfect. And what I wanna do more than anything is just hit delete, start over again for the 400th time and try to make it perfect because I think that you can only hear me when I'm perfect. And I know that that's not true because it's always the episodes that I want to delete, that I hate that I made, that people respond to the most and say, thank you so much for making that episode. I felt seen and heard and I haven't felt that way in a really long time. And of course, it's always the ones I want to delete. So I'm just going to drop into my humanity and my humility this week. I'm going to edit what I have. I'm going to share it and I'm going to just let that go and be okay with it. So until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Before you close out of this episode, take a moment to rate it and review it on whatever platform you're listening on. You can join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at love letters and mixtapes. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.